0: And Laura, I don't know what the weather is like in Ohio, but it has been hot in Grand Rapids. And I know it's been hot all over all parts of the world. Are you keeping cool this time of year?
1: I am. It has been quite warm. Um, So I guess that's a positive that I haven't really been able to leave the house for the last few days. Um, So I'm definitely staying cool
0: it does seem like quite the coincidence that uh everything's starting to heat up a little bit after you know the blue jackets acquire some sort of like a flame is that right is that am i on to something
1: yeah I, I i do believe that i uh the heat wave is coming by way of i think calgary and new jersey
0: Ooh, not new Jersey. <laughs>
1: well, only because that's where this um, new, soon to be resident of Columbus is currently residing. Do you think? All
0: right. What's saltier, right? Is it the Black Sea or is it the New Jersey Devils fan base?
1: Ooh, the New Jersey Devils what? fan base.
0: Also, let me follow up with. I don't actually know if the Black Sea is the, is the saltiest. It might be the Dead Sea. I don't. I don't know which one is the saltiest. That you literally float in it because it's so dense the water is. But yeah, I mean, it has been quite the week. Of course, you know, some news going on in Blue Jackets land. But I think the biggest thing that happened, of course, in the last week has been the acquisition and signing of Johnny Goudreau by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it seems as though. The fallout across the NHL has, uh, you know, <laughs> really started to occur in terms of just the reactions of, of Johnny Goudreau signing in Columbus. I don't think we understated last week just how important the signing was, but I think that it's been even made more clear by the fact that the entire hockey world seems to have had its head just like blown like the minds are blown of the people and i can't say i blame them you and i were in a similar position but i think for different reasons i don't think i don't think we are the the idea of Columbus is lost on us but uh if johnny goudreau got one question over the last week uh it was why did you choose columbus and he's had to answer that question quite a bit but
1: yeah no literally um i believe that it actually kind of proved true um on uh because this was wednesday was free agency right so wednesday was on the top. so on thursday of last week um we he he broke he broke the internet he broke twitter at least for what it seemed like um in the hockey world and yeah ever since then I mean, from just your general fans to other athletes, to newscasters, to some sports people like journalists and analysts. I mean, the, um, the, the, the reaction to his decision to come to Columbus is um, vast um, and sometimes hurtful uh so um you can definitely tell that um a huge portion of people um at least on twitter have never been to ohio um and have absolutely no idea what columbus looks like um and like it's kind of been i mean i know that there's there's a million blogs and zines and whatever about hockey but some of the things that people have decided to say or just completely misinterpret. Like a thing popped up on my Facebook that was from some hockey online magazine that was just like, completely did not list the terms of his contract. Right. Like it said that he didn't have a signing bonus. It said that he um, didn't have a no trade clause that he basically was just taking the money and coming here that there was no like stipulations. And I'm like, reading. Reading is important. And also, how hard is it to Google? Like, what are the terms of his contract in Columbus, which, hey, friends, does include a signing bonus, which we talked about Jeremy and I just a little bit ago, um, off um, microphone. And it does have a very firm no-move clause for the first four years. Four. See? Four. Four of seven. Four um, of his contract. And then a very limited, I think it might be eight teams, eight team uh, no move clause or no trade clause for the final three. So like he he's here and I and I think I think we need to like tone it down. I mean I know I know that the the hate's never gonna go away um but even he was like astounded. Um, cause I listened to his interview on spitting chicklets today, which was a really good interview. If you haven't heard it yet, I, I suggest he, he gives a lot of information about what went into the decision, how difficult the decision was for him, you know, how hard it was for him to decide to leave Calgary. And of course, what I think is going to be just rubbing salt in the wounds of New Jersey is that he was in the middle or his agent was in the middle of, <laughs> working out a deal for him to go to New Jersey, Columbus called. He said, stop working on New Jersey. I want to go to Columbus. Get it done.
0: I have this go oh,
1: Yes, go ahead. I, and I
0: know this is true about you too, so I'm going to project this onto you a little bit. I, for the life of me, as I was listening to that Spit and Chicklets interview, could not imagine myself in a situation like that. And not because of, like, the money, not because of the fame, not because of the everything with it, but because of, like, I would spend the first week of free agency just absolutely timid because I would be afraid that I would sign a contract as a team was reaching out to my agent to be like, hi, like, we want to sign him. And then, like, I've signed a contract elsewhere, like, that would be terrible. Like that would be absolutely dreadful to like have to go through that process. And he mentions it in that interview that it wasn't exactly like actually like a fun process to have to go through this and like how the expectations of what it was going to be were so different than what it really was. And and so for a lot of those reasons, I mean, I'm sure he was happy to get it done on the first day, even if it was probably one of the signings that, you know, happened a lot later than people expected. Part of that also could be due to the fact that the Blue Jackets Per Elliott Friedman, were also in on Nazem Kadri. Uh, whether or not Kadri scratched us or not has never really been said. But uh, once Johnny Goudreau was a target that they knew that they could acquire, they kind of scrapped the idea on Kadri. And those are the kind of things that make you wonder. Just I would pay so many dollars. I don't know who's listening to this. Blue Jackets marketing team, promo team. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the amount of money I would spend on the behind the battle – To figure out what was going on on July thirteenth, twenty twenty-two, it's a big number. It's not quite nine point seven million dollars, but it's a big number, and I would pay it. And I hope that we get something. I know we're not going to get that kind of an access. I don't think, but like, I would love to know just
1: what was going on
0: in Yarmo's brain and around the the war room table on free agency day.
1: Yeah, I mean that's truly one of those to be a fly on the wall type situations because even in you know in Johnny's interview uh, with the Chicklets guys like he he said he was like you know like you said that it wasn't the experience that he thought it would be he you know I he thought he said he thought that it would be this like every you know every team is calling me to like throw money at me and I was gonna have all of these options and he was just like it kind of really like humbles you because and, you know, in reference to the fact that like the salary cap, I, I guarantee if there wasn't a salary cap, every team in the NHL would have been like, how much money do you want? Like, we'll give it to you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it was like kind of and I'm sure he's heard other experiences from other people, but like this is a, a free agency period where like a lot of teams are strapped the talent is so deep currently in the NHL. Like they just don't have the space to pay him the amount of money that he is worth. And I do like, he, he just said, he's like, they kind of, he's like, Columbus kind of made me like nervous. Cause we had like put, he's like my agent had contacted them at noon and then we didn't hear from them until four o'clock in the afternoon. And he's like, so I kind of was, was nervous that they we weren't gonna hear back from them. Um and you know Yarmo likes to keep people on their toes. So um but yeah he said he immediately and I'm sorry and I I I do feel bad because I feel bad for our our friend Neil, but like it just amazed me that he was like yeah I was halfway through a deal with New Jersey and then as soon as Yarmo called I was like I'm going to Columbus. (laughs) Um so yeah it's been It's been crazy, and he, like, he's excited, but he's confused as to why everyone thinks he made a mistake. Like, he, I think genuinely, and I think a lot of, I mean, some hockey guys really like the attention and, like, the social media and all that sort of stuff, but he seems like the kind of guy that was just, like, I don't really know why it's such a big deal that I decided to do this. Um... But I am, and I know you all think I'm being held at gunpoint to go to Columbus, but I'm not. Everything is okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I it, it truly. I think that that is one of those things that we talked about last week. In some ways, or not last week, but when we when we had our interview with Yarmo is like the perception in an NHL locker room and an NHL front office I think is oftentimes just so different than that of of an NHL fan and I think you can look at Columbus and you can look at if nothing else I think you can look at just the history of the team on the ice like let's not even talk about Columbus as a city like let's not do that let's talk about let's talk about the team on the ice and there's not much to show historically in terms of success on the ice. And it kind of is a reminder to me of like, you know, the modern era Cleveland Browns where it's like, if, if any big name signs with the Cleveland Browns, it was like, Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, what is going on? What are they doing? Like, it just, that is kind of that energy. And I think that until Blue Jackets fans and NHL fans see Columbus winning and like Columbus being relevant in the conversation. I mean, we started to see it in 2019 where there started to be a little bit more respect and it almost feels like even now, now it almost feels like there's even more respect from a media perspective for Columbus than there was before. I think that there's a lot to be said about that. And I think, you know, moving forward, this is the kind of thing that can just continue to help change that perception and and I think it will and I think you're absolutely right. I think it's just funny that, that Johnny Goudreau is like, why is there why do why do people give a damn? Like that this is where I signed. It kind of I think speaks to exactly what you said where it's like I don't want to be the guy who ends up being like the flashy, you know, all this kind of stuff. And still somehow, some way he's like the only thing that hockey the hockey world's talked about in the last week. And which is ironic in a lot of ways. But I'm not mad about it.
1: Yeah. And I mean he's he's done several interviews since the the signing, but um, you know, in his press conference with the blue jackets, I mean, someone asked, I don't think it was a Columbus outlet. I think it was a national person who hasn't spent a lot of time in Columbus, but was like, you know, what, what have you heard in the locker room? Like when you come to Columbus or when you um, have had Columbus and Calgary, like what do the guys say? And he's like, We don't talk about that. Like, we don't talk about the arena or the venue or the whatever, like in the locker room. Like, that's not our focus. Like, we, he goes, it's really not that deep. Like, yes, there are like certain things that, of course, draw people to different places. Like, it was your, you know, hometown team or whatever. Um, And he was very much so like I've always liked coming to play here. I really am like I love the fan energy, which as Blue Jackets fans, that should be huge for you. Like that should be such a huge compliment um, that that is something immediately before even like putting on our sweater. He's like, I want to play for the fifth line. Um, and his general statement of like, I'm not coming to Columbus for the views. Not that Columbus isn't beautiful because it absolutely is, but he's coming to play hockey games and he's coming to win hockey games. And I wanted to ask you this, Jeremy, because obviously you've been a fan of hockey much longer than I have. And like, you're more familiar with like certain players, like trajectories or their paths or whatever. But like, is it weird for a player to like see potential and promise in a team and like want to be a part of that because that's what I feel like for him is he like sees and wants to be a part of making like putting Columbus in that relevant category or like being a part of because every every team has to start somewhere and not every team is automatically a dynasty so is it weird for him to want to do that like
0: or is it just because it's
1: Columbus?
0: I think <clears throat> I think it's such a microcosm of people. This is going to get deeper than I think it needs to be. But I think about like we are such an instant gratification society and it seems like sports as a whole. And I think that the sport that comes to my mind first when I make this point is the NBA, right? Like you don't see people leaving their current situation. Mind you, like situation where you're playing for a team that just won their division that really probably underperformed in the playoffs. Like I had them, like I had the flames winning the Stanley cup in my, in my pick, right? Like that was a team that I thought was built right. And I thought that they were really, really good. And I thought that they had potential to be really, really good next year too. And I think now there's just like this whole tailspin of chaos in that city. But when I think about that and I think about, you know, this idea of super teams and things like that, like normally a superstar isn't leaving a team In order to go to a team that's going to win in two, three, four years, it's not too common in the sense that if a big name free agent makes it, and they especially if they haven't won yet, like especially if they have not won a championship or things like that, it feels rare. It feels a little rare, but at the same time, in sports, there's always this idea of like going somewhere where you can quote unquote like be the guy, like you can be the person, you can be the star. And there's an appeal to that, too, and there's no denying that on this team as currently comprised, like, Johnny Goudreau is one of the stars of this team. He's going to be one of the stars of any team he plays for. He might be the best, you know, left wing in all of uh, of hockey. And I – it's not common. No, it's not common in today's day and age. And and now we're in a day and age of sports where, like, it's a lot more common. I feel like for people to hop around – but, yeah, I mean, he's committed to the long term, and he's committed to to winning here. And I think that that's the thing that's most exciting. Your your statement about, you know, I'm not coming for the – well, I guess it's his statement, but you're recalling his statement of I'm not coming for the views, I'm coming to win hockey games. That, like, is really cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because, again, like, I think when everything happened with, you know, Artemi Panera, Sergey Bobrovsky, Matt Duchesne, like, all these players, there was especially – I'm reminded of an article – that Ann Portsline posted after Seth Jones wanted out, I think. And in it, Porty at the time, I mean, I guess it's fair to ask this question where it's like, we all know the city of Columbus is great. Like, I mean, like, if you're here and you've been here, chances are you enjoy it. Like, it's not like, uh, you know, people compare Winnipeg and Columbus as, like, similar cities in the sense that, like, there's nothing to do. It's bullshit. That's not true. Uh, And so when I think about – When I think about that, um, he said that, you know, maybe it's something that's wrong with the franchise. Maybe something's wrong with the front office. Maybe something's wrong with the culture of the organization. And I think that as I look back on that article that was posted in 2020, 2021, 2021, I guess, all I can sit here and think is, what a joke to think that now, right? Like, I mean, like, I don't think that you can make that statement with the way that this franchise is operated. And I don't think you can make that statement when you see who, what they've been able to do and who they've been able to keep around. And, you know, the draw of people wanting to come here. Like, I just don't think it's true. I just think that those situations weren't right for those players. And I think it's really unfair to, to put a value on the team and the franchise like that. But uh, I can understand, I, I can understand it. Like from an outsider's perspective, all that to say, I'll stop ranting about this, and, and I'll help us pivot to perhaps another chance for both of us to rant. And that is, um, uh, have you ever? What's that one song by Avril Lavigne?
1: Um, like early Avril Lavigne, or like?
0: Yeah, I'm not talking like. Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm talking like pre the Avril Lavigne scandal of like she's really dead and they replaced her. I'm talking about like. <laughs> Real authentic OG Avril Lavigne.
1: Um, it. Well, it's not Skater Boy because I don't know how you would transition that. No, it's not um, Skater Boy. I I have no idea.
0: Oh, I think you do.
1: I probably do, but I don't know the name of it. Well, friends, I need to look you. up her catalog.
0: <laughs> no, you're okay. Cause I'll spoil it for you right now. Um. This signing of Johnny Goudreau made things a little complicated for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Obviously, we talked about it a little bit last week in the sense that there were going to need to be some moves. But I've got a little bit of a game for us to play, if you'll humor me.
1: I love a game. Also, I'm going to have that song in my head for the rest of the night now that you told me what it was. I'm really sorry. I thought you'd have that. Like, I was really confident
0: in that. I
1: I don't know this okay, we'll get to the game, but for some reason, um whenever you said that, it is not even I Levine. The first song that came to my head was Get Out by Jojo.
0: Yeah. I mean there's so, I mean, like I give you some some leeway there. They feel like somewhat similar artists, especially in that time of their lives, but but yeah, I mean, there's obviously going to be some movement here for the Blue Jackets in the sense that as of right now, they've just got a little bit over two million dollars in cap space. Obviously, still some free agents on the team, some restricted free agents. Most notably, and I don't have to tell anybody this, Patrick Laine is is your first target on that list. But then you also have Emil Bemstrom, who, you know, is somebody that let's be honest, is is not necessarily, I think, a priority for Blue Jackets fans at this point in in this adventure, but it's still somebody who we need to think about in terms of either being an asset or being a member of the team, being somebody who gets signed by the Blue Jackets. Uh, So I want to just – the vacuum that I'm presenting this in is that the Blue Jackets have signed Johnny Goudreau. They haven't made any other moves yet. This is just as the roster is currently constructed on July 19th at 9.03 p.m. So that way when something happens tomorrow at 11, I'm not held responsible. But we're going to run through the list of current Blue Jackets. We'll, we'll do them all. We'll do them all just for fun. And I want to know from both of us, what is the percentage chance that that player starts opening night for the Columbus Blue Jackets? And I guess what I should say more than that is is just in the organization. Who doesn't get traded? So I'll say a name. Let's just say Johnny Goudreau. There's a 100% chance that Johnny Goudreau is a Columbus Blue Jacket in October. I have no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I know you agree. We can move on to the next player, and we'll kind of go from there. I mean, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, 0% chance. 0% chance <laughs> that he'll be a Columbus Blue Jacket. That's the kind of the game that we're going to play here. So without further ado, do you want to start with the offense or the defense?
1: Um, let's start with... Defense, because I think that one will go faster. I think offense oh, will just...
0: so much less complicated. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So let's go Zach Wierenski, 100%. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Um, Erica Branson, 100%. 100%. All right. Vladislav Gavrikov.
1: Currently oh. carries...
0: Currently carries a cap head of 2.8 million dollars, signed for one more year, and at the end of this year, he will be an unrestricted free agent.
1: I don't I think oh I hate this because I think because we haven't heard much of like rumblings of trying to get him like signed or trying to get him to sign an extension or renewal or whatever. Um, that he is not necessarily, like, for sure in consideration to move, but, like, he's been put on the table. Um, and so I'm going to go 70%.
0: Okay, I had 80. 80 in my head for similar reasons, of course. We haven't heard much about about what contract negotiations have looked like or if they're even happening. I mean, it's entirely possible that they might not be – and so that is somebody who I also see as a potential like cap space maker, but at the same time, a 2.8 million dollar cap hit, honestly, I'm more concerned about his next contract than I am this, and that's part of the reason why I also think that if he's not a, if he's not a move that's made this offseason, I'm worried about him at the trade deadline. I'll worry about helping you cope with that later. Uh, then we'll move on to Adam Boquist. Just signed a two point six million dollar or um, three year deal. I I have him at a hundred percent. Like I don't think that you sign a guy to trade him, but in the like, but it's not impossible. So maybe I'll no, I'll say a hundred percent, hundred percent. Period. He's gonna be a blue
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go a hundred percent as well. I think um, based on how Yarmo and the uh, and the front office staff have been like these these moves and these decisions that they've made over the course of the last two years when kind of it was like, before they officially announced it, but like when they knew we were going into this like restructure, um, they knew what kind of pieces they were looking for. And I think that they were really looking for someone who had a similar skill set to Zach Rensky but was a little bit younger. And they had more of an opportunity to like sort of mold that person. And I think they absolutely have that with Adam Boquist. Um, and as long as he stays healthy, like, you know, he's going to fit in. So I'm 100% on on Adam.
0: Yeah. And and then we go on to another defenseman, uh, you know, another young, one of the young guys. He's got two years left on his deal, and that is uh, 2.33 repeating. Uh, and that is Jake Bean. Jake Bean is somebody who I – I think could potentially be closer to 50%. And then I want him to be, I'm going to say 60% that he's on the opening night roster.
1: Yeah. I'm also going to say 60% just because he just seems like if we had to, if we had to pick one and I hate that because I, I really do like Jake Bean. I like his, his style of play. I've talked about it immensely. Like I just, I like him as a player um, but he does seem like more of the likely, like person to to go if we had to pick someone in the in the defense side.
0: Yeah, I, and I think there's enough of an upside to where shedding cap space there isn't going to cost you anything. I think people might actually have an interest in him as a player, uh, and then. Kind of these next three guys, I mean, they're like, I, I don't want to package them together, but the issue of, of this is like this is a, like when you're talking about how much cap space the Blue Jackets have to acquire, Nick Blankenberg, Gavin Bayreuther, and Andrew Peak are not the three <laughs> that like come to mind in terms of trying to find more money Adam, yeah, uh, you know I mean, like Nick Blankenberg, he signs – we'll talk about this in a little bit. He signs a two-year – one way deal, eight twenty five cap hit. He's a hundred percent. He's not going anywhere. And whether it's in Cleveland or in Columbus, Gavin Bayreuther is a hundred percent to me. Like I don't understand why he goes, and and Andrew Peak feels the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, out of the three of them, I would. I mean, obviously Blankenberg, because we we just signed him, as we'll talk about in a little bit, but. Also, because I think Yarmo sees a lot of potential in him and wants to give him the opportunity to grow um, within our system. So there's going to be potential for him in Cleveland and in Columbus. Um, you know, kind of like Bayreuther is good to have in those circumstances where you like need someone to come up and like he's a pretty OK play. like he's pretty OK, but like I just don't think his cap hit is like what they're looking for. Like you said, like what we're looking to do. And then Andrew Peek, I mean, he had a really good season last year. Like he didn't have a lot of like point, like he wasn't on the score sheet like a ton, but like as far as hits are considered and like just general grit, um, I think that's someone they want to keep around. And it's someone who could learn a lot from the couple of people that were adding to the defensive lineup.
0: Yeah. And, uh, if you are looking for a reason to drink, let's move on to the forwards. <laughs> so in this world where you can project the blue jackets would sign Patrick line a to a $9 million deal, and that's just me pulling something from thin air. I mean, that feels reasonable. Uh, that would leave the jackets needing five million dollars in cap space, roughly. Uh, so you'd probably want to go a little bit more than that in terms of freeing things up. And so, without including Kirill Marchenko in this in this list, there are fifteen forwards at this point that you could say are potentially NHL roster players. I would let you challenge me on Matthew Olivier, and maybe Igor Chinikov. but even at that, we're talking about thirteen players that are NHL roster ready, and you can only have twelve forwards on <laughs> on any given night, unless you're running thirteen and five. But I don't, I don't see Brad Larson doing that anytime soon. And so, if nothing else, but for the sake of pure numbers, somebody from this list has got to go uh then we talk about the money then then we talk about what really matters here and that's how much money the blue jackets have to free up again we said it earlier johnny goudreau is a 100 (laughs) he's he's gonna be a blue jacket if that's shocking to anybody like please let me know but also like go to your nearest emergency department if humanly possible because that he's
1: not he's not leaving get over it move on
0: (laughs) so then we move on to uh I mean I guess at this point if you sign like let's just do Patrick Line. Like let's just say Patrick Line now. Let's just do the damn thing.
1: I'm gonna say 70%. Yeah, I was gonna say 75. I mean I want him to. I think everybody wants him to. Um I think he wants him to also.
0: Like I think I, think, that's the only
1: I, 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 I agree. I also think um, I think. Granted, he hasn't said a statement or been on social media or anything like that because Patty's not like that. Um, but he had. I mean, Johnny did say that he has texted with Patrick, um, and so I think that he's excited to have, you know, this incredibly high caliber player on this team with him. And it's really just like, and it may not even be Patrick may have like come to the numbers already and he, he's waiting on on Yarmo to figure out what they're gonna do because we can only be you can be ten, I think it's ten percent over the cap in the off season, but then you have to be at it or under it by the time the season starts. And so, like, and those are decisions like you want to be fair to whatever player you're like moving out of the system as well. So, yeah, but it's just as we creep closer and closer to August, um, it does get a little, a little touchy. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go 75% for Patty.
0: Then we move on to Jakub Voracek. Jakub Voracek makes the third most amongst all of these players. He makes eight point two five million dollars and he is on contract through twenty twenty-three, twenty twenty-four, understood free agent twenty four, twenty-five. I I was I, I in in my education, in like getting my master's degree, I had to take a stats class. And I had this professor who said That if there is a 5% chance of anything happening, there's it won't happen. Like mathematically, it's not gonna happen. That's just like how, you know, statistics works. Like, that's just like how this thing does. And so I'm going to say there is a 94% chance that he is a blue jacket. Because I don't want to say that it's impossible that he gets traded, because I I mean like Yarmo Kekalainen is. Is very very good at what he does, and if you can shed eight point two five in a situation like this for an older player, I don't think that that's a bad thing on paper. I think that he's really important to the team, and I think he's really important to the development of the younger guys. So I think he's probably the last one on this list that the Blue Jackets want to trade. So I'm going to say ninety four percent. I also don't know who the hell is taking that contract. Like it's a bad. Like I love Jake Voracek. It's a bad contract. It's part of the reason why. You know Philadelphia was able to trade him one for one, with us, right? Like it's just like he, it's a bad contract. So, yeah, I'm gonna say ninety-four.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm gonna go ninety. Um, I I agree with you fully. I think Jake is great for this team. I, I and we've talked about it at length about my hesitancy to enjoy him as a human because he technically took away my you know, hockey love of my life, Cam Atkinson. Um, but over the course of the last season, like, Jake is good for this team. Jake is good for Columbus. Like, and I think he's really good for how young this team is and like the kind of veteran leadership that he can provide. And, you know, the kind of like lighthearted attitude but still like game day ready sort of situation that he brings to the table and but it is a terrible contract and but the issue is is like trading jake i don't think someone's taking that full contract i think they're gonna ask that we retain 50 percent of it and so then we're still like we're almost there so you're gonna end up losing another player at the same time which yes we are probably going to lose multiple players in this, in this circumstance, but like you're going to end up having to lose another bigger contract to, to make up the correct amount of difference. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 90. I hope he stays, but you know, it'll be interesting.
0: Interesting is one way to describe it. And the next player he makes the fourth most among this forward group and that is Gus Nyquist. No, <laughs> I am going to say there's a twenty five percent chance he's a blue jacket. Oh,
1: uh, Gus. Um, yeah, I, I I'm gonna, i to go, go fifty just because I can't go lower than that. Um. Oh.
0: All right, I guess. I like, uh, <laughs> Laura, Laura has been hired as the new general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and she's just not fucking getting rid of anybody. Like she's just gonna like.
1: I'm just gonna the- like break someone's ankle and have it not be ready until the playoffs.
0: You're um, you're gonna tell Brad Larson that he can only skate nine forwards, <laughs> and everybody else has to be scratched. So that way they're at the count. Some cap. like
1: big name players are gonna be playing in Cleveland. Um, like. I just, I just love Gus so much, and it just kills me that he is is gonna have to be the sacrificial lamb, um, more than likely. But part of me, part of me wants him to have like his Katniss Everdeen moment, where like he just walks up to Yarma and goes, "You know, I get it. I want to see the best for this team. I volunteer his tribute." Like to play.
0: For the Arizona Coyotes, or for, for whoever the fuck would take that contract, like really, like you want to, you you think that he would sacrifice himself for that
1: for college
0: <laughs> for college, child? I don't know. Uh, then we go to the next player. The next player is uh, none other than who else, the Meister himself, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Now this is like the range, right? Like we talk about Gus Nyquist, so we talk about Oliver Bjorkstrand. Now we're getting into the range of players that the blue jackets are probably looking to offload for the number that they, that they make. And, uh, Laura, there is a 100% chance that Oliver Bjork's fan has a blue jacket in October.
1: I know you're saying this because you don't want to
0: No, I believe it so hard. I, I believe it so hard because think about this, like the blue jackets, have Oliver Bjorkstrand on potentially one of the friendliest contracts if he performs his full potential, like easily the the such a good contract. He's got four years left on his deal. He's got a modified no trade. So one, you're gonna have to ask him to wait, wh- like because my assumption, right, is like a team that's gonna take a contract to help somebody get out of cap hell is probably going to be somebody who's looking to build up some picks and, like, that kind of deal. So they're going to, like, ask you, you know. Like, like it's going to be a less than desirable location, I think, for a player like Gus, who's probably in a point of his career where he's like, I want to win. and so Or Oliver, excuse me. And so do you waive your no-trade clause to go to a a place like Arizona? No, I don't think so. So, like, that's moot. And then you look at what the Blue Jackets have in terms of, like, contract signed through the 2025, 2026 season Four forwards. If, if Patty gets locked up long-term two defensemen, one goalie. So what that tells me is this team kind of sees the 2020, like this is kind of the team's like desired win time. And they want to make sure that they can construct the roster in a way that's conducive to that. I mean, you think about it 2025, 2026, you're going to have guys like Ken Johnson, Cole Sillinger, they're going to be starting to hit their prime. Like, you're going to have, you know, Denton Matej, David Yerichuk. They're going to be here killing it now. Like, this is where you think the Blue Jackets are going to win. For that reason, Oliver stays. He's going to stick around. It's going to be Gus that goes between those two. And I'm just, I'm confident in that. Like, I'm saying that with my chest.
1: Um, I want to be on your side um so badly but i think my because oliver is your cam atkinson and i got burned hard got burned i don't know about all that. i i think you are definitely far more on to the
0: emotional like if oliver bjorkson gets traded i will be sad but i will like understand that it was for
1: this bigger thing i but i just don't see it um so i just i just need to have like a little bit of hesitancy. And so I'm going to say 97%. Um, I want the future of this team to include Oliver Bjorkstrand. I think it would be incredibly poetic to have seen him win the Calder Cup in Cleveland and then to hold the Stanley Cup in Columbus. And, like, I mean, that's really Ohio Ohio hockey full circle. Like, that is, like, the dream. Yeah. Um, And I was going to, I'll talk about this a little bit, but he just got married and he owns a home. And like, I just don't do this to him. Um, So yeah, I'm going to go 97%.
0: That is fair. So I thought you were going to hit me with a much lower number when you were doing that whole, like preparing me for the worst thing. Uh, Jack Roslevic. I, I don't see this team sacrificing forward or center depth to try to clear cap space. That's like why I think Jack is safe. I don't think he's like untouchable necessarily, Uh, but I'm going to say he's probably to me at an 88% that he'll be a blue jacket. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I mean I agree I, I think center depth as much as everyone is like you know and Yarmo knows this too as much as everyone has harped like center depth center depth center depth um until he sees how things you know flush themselves out I think Jack um maybe ha- would have a higher percentage of leaving at like the trade deadline because if things aren't working out, at Center for him, like, we don't really, like, I think that would be a more logical place if Jack was to leave, like, at the trade deadline. So, I'm going to go 85.
0: Gotcha. So, then we get to Captain Boone Jenner. I think it's 100%. I don't think you trade your captain for this kind of thing. Like, it just feels like a backwards notion.
1: And as you all know, I'm a Boone Jenner ride or die, so it is 100%.
0: I think I think if Boone Jenner got traded, it would be like your cam Atkinson take two.
1: Oh, I would be just I would be so, just so sad. I love him so much.
0: All right, and then we get to Sean Corale, also on a modified no trade. Two point five million dollar cap hit, another three years on the contract. I'm gonna say eighty percent. Like I like Obviously, anything above fifty percent is me saying I think they're gonna be here, but it, it just it seems like the kind of player that like you don't move, but if he was asked for and it was a, an answer to the to the problem, I think Yarma would do it
1: yeah, I mean it would be it would be a choice like it would be a, an interesting choice um to decide to do that um. Especially, I mean, I know, like, feelings really don't play much of a role in any of these decisions. Not an ounce. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, you know, I kind of think of it differently, but, like, you know, and it may, this just may have been player availability, but, like, after we signed Johnny Gouda, Goudreau, um one of the first players that, like, said anything or made a comment was Sean Corrali, and, like, he just talked about the importance of this, you know, this move and how big it is for Columbus and how excited he is to be playing for his home team at this moment. And if emotion plays even a quarter of a percentage into any decision, like I think that that is a good enough, you know, extra sprinkle of why you keep Sean here, but Anything is possible. So I will also go
0: 80%. Now we move on to our next player. And this player to me is a 100%. Do you know who it is? Alexander Taxier. No, it's DraftKings because the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. You've got the MLB All-Star game happening. Are you an AL guy, an NL gal. You can place your bet now. Take home some cold, hard cash because, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That was my best one yet. I might as well just retire from the ad reading business. I'm feeling pretty proud of myself if I have to say so.
1: You really got me with that one, too.
0: Yeah, watching you react to that made it hard to get right back into the ad read. Like I was like wanting to laugh with you, but I couldn't. So uh, the next player, you're off by one. It's Eric Robinson. So it's it's Johnny Gaudreau's childhood friend, Eric Robinson, the Princeton grad. He's from the Jersey area. You just know that, that the Jersey love runs deep until it doesn't. Uh, so uh, Eric Robinson feels like – his numbers fifty. I don't think he's quite at fifty percent. I think he's probably like, I'm gonna say he's a sixty percent guy.
1: Yeah, the like ultimate just weirdness. that and like, you and I talked about this, and we may have even talked about it in the last episode. But just like, um, the the strangeness of um, not only them being like multi-decade friends, um, Johnny is in Eric's wedding later this summer um Johnny has spoken openly about how he was excited to play um with Eric um and so it would just be weird if he comes to Columbus and because of that Eric has to move like he he has to go so and it's not even necessary it's not to afford Johnny it's to afford Patrick Line. so um but yeah I mean I've He's just circling around a lot, and you know it, it would be interesting. And he was on, the, I he was on the fringes in my opinion before this situation. So, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go sixty five percent. Give him a little, a little extra encouragement.
0: That's fair. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you get away with that one. But moving on, then we have Alexander Texier. Is it fucked up if I say 42%? Like, is that fucked up? Like, is that too like much of a pun? Because, like, I – the thing about text is, like, again, like, the money isn't really, like, the big driver here. He, he currently makes, you know, 1.525. So he's not going to be somebody who alleviates a lot of cap room for you. I think more than anything what he does is he is a chip for somebody to take on cap space. Like, that's an asset that I could see a team being really interested in adding. If they're adding a guy like Gus Nyquist, or it won't be, but Oliver Bjorkstrand, it's like, okay, like, yeah, like, happy to do that. Uh, Also, though, uh, fuck off. Can I also get Alexander Texier and can I also get a 2023 fourth-round pick? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of feels like that to me. And so I'm going to say 42%.
1: Yeah, I don't I, I've always been so like on and off with texts, and I don't know. I don't know if switching to another team would even be like beneficial for him. Um it where it's such a an awkward place of like does he fit in to to how we are now? Um and he also has been gone for so long. Um you know, the end of the se- like they didn't see him play for three, four months. Not that's by no fault of his. Like he needed to deal with um, some family things, and like that is totally understandable. But yeah, I just I, I don't like to go lower than fifty, so I'm gonna go fifty percent that he's a blue jacket.
0: Taking the easy way out again, but I'm okay with that. Uh, then we get to. Uh, let's go with somebody who's not currently under contract, and let's let's do Emil Bemstrom. Emil Bemstrom is a player that has been polarizing for Blue Jackets fans for a fair amount of time. I would say now he's somebody that I think that you're hoping and continue to hope that he sticks with this team, but he just hasn't done it yet. And obviously, we, we don't have a deal yet, so that seems to be something that's kind of like not on the top of a to-do list for Jaromir Kailinen. I, I'm i going to I'm gonna say there's a 25% chance that he's a Blue Jacket because I could see him getting traded just for the sake of not being able to fit him in under the cap and maybe being able to try to get some sort of an asset for him. I could see him, again, kind of similar to tax being a sweetener for a deal. So give me 25%, which is an inverse of what? His
1: number. Number. I do it. I do it again, folks. Um, yeah, this is probably gonna be the only time that I do this, but I'm going 12%. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not, it, it just, it doesn't fit. And it's just, it's not working. And I feel bad for him. I want him to be in a situation where it's working. It's just not working here anymore. And we, we don't have space. Like we don't have space. So this seems like an easy thing to me, but so 12
0: 12%. And then we get to guys that I don't even like know that we need to entertain. Like, I, I mean, like, and I say that like with no disrespect to them, uh, but Justin Danforth, I guess he can make an argument as somebody we should talk about, but like, I don't, again, we're, we're kind of now getting to the point of a number that doesn't make sense for the blue jackets to trade. And
1: yeah, drop-in-the-bucket circumstances. Like, yeah,
0: and and also, not just drop-in-the-bucket circumstances, but the Blue Jackets are not trading Kent Johnson. They're not trading Cole Sillinger to get rid of cap space. I mean, you could make an argument that if you trade Jakub Voracek that somebody might be ballsy and ask for Igor Chinnikov, but like, I don't even know if that's happening or if that's a deal that Yarmo signs off on. And so I've got to say that between the players of Justin Danforth, Igor Chinnikov, Kent Johnson, Cole Cylinder, Brennan Gantz, Matthew Olivier, Carson Meyer, like like those eight players who are probably like, I just don't. Now, not all of them will be Blue Jackets. I think a few of them will be monsters, of course, but I don't think there's any way. that they. Yeah, paid. no,
1: I, I agree. It doesn't make any sense to compile or to do all that paperwork. My God, unless they were for some reason going – all to the same place which they wouldn't be it doesn't make any sense to get rid of such a huge chunk of people to equate a number when you could do that with one or two people so like because you see it all the time on social media where it's just like get rid of this these six players who the f is playing on your team then like you can't just wipe out half of the roster to like Sign another person because then you don't have enough people to play. Like, and you go back to like schoolyard rules where it's like, you got to forfeit because you don't have enough people. Like, you know, yes, we want to make room for these like high caliber players, but it doesn't make sense to because you still need other play. Like, you still need those like good but not all star level players. Um, so yeah, I'm I I think they're safe. Congratulations, boys.
0: And then I I will just, for the sake of of discussion and argument, say that Elvis Merzlikens and Jonas Corposala are also probably 100%. Although I – if the goalie market wasn't weird and if we were in a place where Daniil Tarasov could be a starter, I think Elvis would be a little less safe than he is, but I think he's 100%
1: as is currently constructed. Um, no one should be surprised by this. I am 100% on Elvis. That will also be a very hard circumstance for me, should the day ever come.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be. Uh, we made mention that we've only ever recorded and posted two episodes where both of us weren't on. I, that might be a third. <laughs> that might be a third, which would be saying something because you made it through the first episode after Cam, but
1: I yeah, but like I that. cried.
0: You did cry. You did cry. <laughs> <laughs> during that, during that encounter. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's the roster as we're currently looking at it. Obviously I think you take away from our conversation that blue jackets fans should not be surprised if, if we lose a couple of players that are really, really important to us and like have been a part of what this blue jackets team has been for the last few seasons. And I think that that's always difficult, but like Grama said, when you have the opportunity to do, do what they did. You do it every time, and uh, he makes good on that. And he's paying the consequences now. But I again, we mentioned it during like the draft episode. Like I have no doubt that Drama lion is probably the GM that can make this team, any team, the best they can be, uh, better than maybe any other GM in the league. And I think he's done it again. And I think he'll do it with with whatever he needs to do to clear some cap room.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the dramatic change, as you referenced before, like, sort of the questions, uh, particularly last offseason, you know, like, is there something wrong with the franchise? Like, why are people wanting to leave? Like, it's clearly not actually Columbus. Like, what is going on here? And, like, the complete 180 that I think outsiders but also us as as fans and people who are associated with the team, like the what he's been able to do kind of, you know, in his own way and sort of sneakily, like piece by piece, do in a year's time period. You know, there was an article written about how like other teams are gonna look at the model that Yarmo and the front office have used here and use it to rebuild their own franchise, like, rebuild their own franchises, like, what he's been able to accomplish, and we haven't even started the season yet, like, we're not even on the ice, like, playing, Um, and I think other GMs are, like, I already thought he was very respected in that, like, community, but I think now other GMs are being, like, how, like, what did he do, like, you know, and are really inspired by what confidence he has in this organization and like his ability to just find the way. So it's going to be tough. It's going to hurt probably what we have to do in order to make this work. Um But I, I trust Yarmo to do what's in the best interest of, of this team.
0: That makes two of us, my friend. And I actually feel like that makes a few thousand of us, if not more. So we'll remain Optimistic about how this is going to turn out, but until then, obviously, some other things going on in Blue Jackets land. Of course, Nick Blankenberg, like we mentioned, signs a two year 825 AAV uh, contract extension. It's a one way deal. Then we've got uh, the Blue Jackets going blue pants. You blue call them pants, blue- <laughs> yeah, you call them the Blue Jackets, I call them the Blue Pants. We've kind of known or hoped for a while that this is going to happen when they did it once in the COVID shortened season. Everybody loved it, and the first question was, can we make this a real thing? And then everybody said, oh, it takes a year for the NHL. And you don't know that that's the process unless you've started the process. Like, I think we all kind of knew that this was coming for this season. But nevertheless, I think I'm really excited about it. I would be interested to see what they look like with the home jerseys. Maybe they'll, like, do a test run this year just to see what it looks like because I'm fascinated. But, but yeah, no, that'll be aesthetically pleasing, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean – if you've ever listened to our show uh, when they first did it, like the blue pants, like the blue pants with the away jerseys are just how it should have been always. Um, I don't think that they'll go to full blue for the home look, unless we get a new home Jersey where it works a little bit better. I think they, I still like the red with our home jerseys, Um, but this, I just think it'll, it makes the away jerseys look so much better. Um, And so much, like, cleaner looking. So, the, and, you know, the social media world exploded when they announced that we were going blue pants this season, uh, today, for uh, away games. And I forget even why we did it the one time. Like, why they said, like, they just decided that the guys had to wear the blue pants. There was something with their red pants, like, that they had to wear the blue pants. I have no idea. Yeah. Nobody knows. It's fine. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. And then in like more like emotional news, um, two Blue Jackets got married over the weekend. Um, Oliver Bjorkstrand um, got married to his beautiful wife on Saturday in Cleveland, which that also oddly spurred a lot of hater comments because they were like, they don't even stay in Columbus to get married. Um Cleveland's played like a pretty big role in Oliver's life. And I'm pretty sure that actually may be where he met his now wife is in Cleveland. Um, and it was gorgeous. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures. I know Oliver posted a few of them today, but his wedding was gorgeous. And it was just like a huge reunion. So many like blue jackets past and present were there. Um, and there were a lot of fun, like Little photos, and I was a little surprised, although I don't know why. But Pld was a groomsman in the wedding, so um, that's exciting. And then Scott Harrington got married um, on Sunday, uh, and a lot of a lot of the the Blue Jackets current and former that were at Oliver's wedding. I hope they all like took a plane together because they all happened to to end up at at Scott's wedding as well the very next day. Um, So some of them, I'm I'm not sure were sober at Scott's wedding just from the night before, Um, but a lot of past and present blue jackets um, at Scott Harrington's wedding. I believe Josh Anderson was in that bridal party. I know Seth Jones was there. Um, So yeah, happy, happy weddings the blue jackets
0: well and you might be talking about one former blue jacket because talk about somebody who still hasn't gotten a deal from anybody mr scott harrington but nevertheless a lot of fun there. notable so, name what's that
1: it's a notable name he's still technically
0: oh, 100%, 100% he is uh too bad they didn't coordinate a little bit better on their wedding dates so I always- <laughs> It's like, how does this happen? How do two people in in the same group end up getting married on the same weekend? But, yeah, I – you know, another thing that's just in Blue Jackets land that I don't want to give – to maybe we can spend some time next week talking about this if nothing's materialized. But how fascinating it is that Matthew Kachuk now – like it's been said that like through these interviews that Johnny Goudreau has been doing, right, it's like – Matthew Kachuk said Columbus is really great. And then every single Columbus Blue Jacket fan was immediately just like, 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 what do you mean? Like somebody else is like, honestly, like it kind of gave pick me energy. Like, and I know that sounds like an asshole thing to say, but it was kind of like a, he likes us. Do you think he wants to come here? And uh, I, in no way, shape or form can ever imagine a scenario happening to where the Yarmulke Kalani is able to make that happen. But maybe we'll spend some time. Talking about that on a future episode, just for shits and gigs if we don't have anything else to talk about. But uh, what what fascinating things Johnny Goudreau has done for the sport of hockey over the course for for the Blue Jackets over the course of the last week, and he hasn't even taken the fucking
1: ice yet. Yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of crazy, and I kind of hope that he he continues not letting it like fully process for him, because I think that that's a lot of like weird pressure and like awkward. And he just wants to play hockey. Like he doesn't understand why it's a big deal and not understand in a bad way. Like he just doesn't get why, you know, he's very much so like, this is a point of free agency. Players get to choose. And that's what I don't love about the, the, like he was forced into this situation decision. Cause like he definitely wasn't like he made this decision. um, And like everyone, um, you know, The people who are upset about it were like well he he wanted to play in Philadelphia he knew for several weeks according to the interview he gave on spitting chiclets he knew for several weeks that Philadelphia didn't have the money for him and that they weren't going to try and make the money for him like so that wasn't in the narrative New Jersey was obviously in the narrative like and uh, you know Calgary as well, because they made him an incredible offer. And he said himself, he didn't know until he made the decision what he was going to do. Like, and so, and that's his right to get to free agency. That is his right. Um, And we, you know, hammered on about this for for forever. I just get mad that people are mad, Um, which is stupid because it's just a circle of madness. But yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to see this impact. I, I lo- I just love seeing people so excited that, you know, it's still a couple months away, but like the season and like just getting ready for that. I miss, I miss it so much. Like just going to development camp last week um, and being in an arena, like with ice and like hearing all the sounds associated, like it just was—it was magic, and I just love it so much, and I miss it.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people also miss it. And uh, kind of talking about the things that Johnny Goudreau has done for the Blue Jackets in the last week, uh, huge uptick in season ticket sales, which is just like silly. Like it's just like wild to me. Like it says something about where people see this team going, and they want to get in now while they can. They want to buy low and sell high. So uh looking forward to that but laura is there anything else on your radar for the blue jackets this week
1: no i just think we we anxiously await to see um what the next thing is whether you know and i think we're all with bated breath on on what's the situation is going to be with patrick as per usual so um i think If we haven't heard anything by next week, I'll be a little bit more nervous because that's what I said previously. Like End of July, I'm really going to start getting antsy. So We shall see. But no, other than that, I am good.
0: We've been talking about percentages all episode. What's the percentage that something's happened by the next time we record?
1: My guess is it happens before we release tomorrow and then we have to scrap this whole episode. (laughs) Um... (laughs) because <laughs> that's just how our luck works um i i'm gonna go 70 percent
0: that something happens
1: before we record yeah. next week not before go, our episode releases but before next week
0: i'm gonna go 40 percent. i think we're gonna be in the dark for another week oh yeah, I know, shit, right? That sucks. Uh, but hopefully we're not in the dark. And if we're not in the dark, I can tell you exactly where you can keep up with all of our thoughts, opinions, feelings, emotions, reactions to, to the news of whatever happens. And uh, quite simply, that's our social media. Laura, let the good people know where they can find all of this chaos.
1: Absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at subject- SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at Speaking. Um, If you're interested in, I don't know, learning more about us or just seeing our really cool website, you can visit subjectivelyspeaking.com. We do, it doesn't have all of our merch up on it yet, but we do have a brand new merch site and I believe the URL is working now, which is subjectivelymerch.com. First and foremost, you can get our brand new design. That's right. I've been saying it for months now. But we finally have a brand new design and that's our here's johnny um new logo you can get it on a bunch of cool stuff um, to welcome in um obviously our new our new all-star so check that out at subjectivelymerch.com and then also we are as you know nominated for two columbus podcast awards we are nominated as um entertainment podcast of the year as well as podcast of the year uh, we are ext- extremely honored and humbled to be nominated at all, but we do need your help to get us there, to get us to the ceremony or the finish line, however you want to put it, and we need your vote. So voting is open until August 1st. You just need to go to columbuspodcastawards.com nominations. You'll find all of the information there to vote for us. You can vote daily, and we just appreciate the support. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly if you are on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars, um, and leave us a review. Again, we don't know why, um, the, how or why the algorithm, algorithm works, but it does help us get noticed and grow our little community. Um, so every little bit counts. And we just love and appreciate you so much.
0: That we do. And until we get the chance to talk next time, hopefully Yarmo does what he needs to do so we can all breathe a little easier. But until then, make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of one another and we will talk to you next
1: week. Bye.